Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. So we would be talking about, well, okay, introduction to prophecy. We were talking, it was actually understanding prophetic, but introduction to prophecy. We will be having some conversations around it and we will be having because we'll be having the help of um, our mother also um, within the period of time. So we would, we'll be having, we'll, there will be opportunities for people to ask questions. And please, if you have thoughts, questions, things that you are not too clear about, um, you, can, you can note them down for us. I think next week we are planning to have a little bit of teaching and a little bit of uh, interactive session. Um, uh, but what we plan is that, and the last bit will be handled by our mother. That will be the third, um, the third Sunday. So God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, one thing I want us to first of all say is that you understand this by good God. Everything God created is good, but everything when He creates things. It puts systems in place for that thing to be profitable. We had the hottest day in the year this week, or in the history of UK this week. The sun is wonderful, but if you decide to stay in the sun all day, you will end up having problems. So when God created the sun, he also created trees that had shade so that you can, so that the sun can be productive for you. What also comes to mind is like this electricity. If you take the bulb out and you put your hand directly to the main source, it will shock you. But this electricity is needed. It's as long as you follow the rules, it becomes profitable. Prophecy has been an issue from the beginning of churches, of even the whole testament. And God understands the challenges in prophetic things. That is why He has put systems in place for it to be profitable for anyone. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we'll be talking about, today we'll be talking about that, which you might hear of this week, you'll be like, oh, I didn't see it to be that way, and things like that. Um, we'll start off from Genesis chapter, um, because when you hear the Bible talk about prophets, the first person, the first mention of prophets in the scriptures was Abraham. Now, you would not, if you have a definition of who prophets are, and you look at Abraham, there was no part in the scriptures where you see Abraham say, this is what God will do. But the Bible refers to him as a prophet. That is the first mention of the word prophet. I'm just trying to expand your mind so that as you begin to understand, as you begin to take closer, you would there might be things that would um, roughen you a bit, but it's for us to kind of understand how those things work. Another person you would see the second mention of it in the Bible is Aaron. And God in Exodus chapter 7. Now, look at what God called it. Is it not interesting that God said, your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. It is say my prophet. Your prophet. So that means Moses is And human being, let's put it that way. He was anyway. And he said, Abraham, so Aaron shall be your prophet. It did God did 
not say Aaron is my prophet. Aaron will be your prophet. And what was he saying in essence is somebody who speaks on somebody's behalf. That is what God was saying. You are complaining about your stammering. Aaron, when you are talking, Aaron will be, will be explaining to people what exactly you have in mind. So when God will say, it's right and God say, you know, he shall be your interpreter. He said he will be your prophet. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So when we begin to see, you see, I'm using the word prophets now as we would get there and probably would go into more details next week about, about, about the, how the Bible puts people as Christians. But let us just look at it this way. Even Moses, so, so and one thing Moses was, the passion of Moses, Moses seen into the New Testament. Moses said that I wish that all God's people are prophets. When you read um, the name, then, then Moses said to him, are you zealous for my sake? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets. So that was, most was saying, I wish that I can imagine a day where every one of them will be called prophets. Now, because in those days, there was no separation between the gifts of, of, of prophecy, and that's why when um, Samuel, no, when Saul came to the midst of prophet and was prophesying, they did not say, is he, does he have prophetic gifts? He said, is he also part of prophets? Because as a then, and, and this is one thing that I think it's important that you understand the dispensations in the scriptures. Because if you are operating prophetic things in the way they did in the whole testament, you would run into trouble in the New Testament. And the Bible clearly says that there are, the Bible clearly says about there are dispensations. There is a way whole Testament prophets behave that you will never see in the New Testament prophets. Because when Jesus came and died, can I say one pity? Old Testament prophets were speaking to servants of God. Children of Israel were called servants of God. Jesus said to them, when Jesus came, what did Jesus say? He said, I am not calling servant again. I'm calling children. Now, there's a difference in the way you approach a servant and you approach a child. Why? Dispensation is different. This is what I would like him to as we begin to look at this. Assuming you, can you imagine if you have a airport today that has a scanner and they are using the scanner that they used in 1921. What do you think will happen? Contraband will just be flowing through into that country easily. It is not that they don't have scanners. But the scanner they are using is only limited because the period they are using it is different. God help us in Jesus' name. So, I'm just going to, like I said, this is just introductions. Now, I will get there and I will just, in the Old Testament, Prophets and ten prophets now for you to ask, and I you see the reason why I'm using that as an override um, point. Prophet, when I say prophets now, I'm talking about prophet and everything that goes under them. Are sent in the old testament, you see that Elijah was not sent to any human, he was they may be sent to personal people only once or twice. They are sent to kings and nations. But in the New Testament, prophets are sent primarily to Christians, to the church. They can do any other thing as addition. Ephesians chapter 4. 
He says, and he gave himself some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Their primary role. This is why I believe at times we are having challenges when people are crossing and choosing their primary responsibility is to speak to government. That's why I said, if you are operating your prophetic team as Old Testament pattern, you will hurt that trouble. Because the grace you have is not to nations. It is to the church and the church will affect the nations. That does not mean a prophet cannot speak to a nation. But his primary role is to the church. That's why I said, you say a couple of things here, that's why I'm trying to use the scriptures to explain to us. Because you will see, now you see people who say that, you know, I am called to a nation. That, it's contrary. That is whole step. Why? Because why were they sent to Israel? Israel was God's nation as a whole. Now, the nation of God on earth is the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord, help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let us just see this way. Let us just go as, let us even drill more into the passion of Moses. You know, Jesus said, in John, he said, George, he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know the, and I know them and they follow me. He said, my sheep hear my voice. So that means God is saying, as a child of God, you have the ability to hear God. That was why when Joel was prophesying, that was why it was strange. When, until when Peter said, this is the day that God is saying that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Why? Because in the Old Testament, it would not never have been an announcement. Because in the Old Testament, the, the spirit of God was restricted to the prophets. That is why when Joel was talking, and when Peter was saying, this is a different period. That is why I'm trying to lay emphasis. There is a clear difference between what is happening in the Old Testament versus what is happening in the New. That was why when um, uh, Peter was going to talk, Peter said, he, Peter said, this is the day we do as God shall pour out his spirit upon our flesh. That means everybody has access to it. So what Jesus was also saying is that my sheep will hear my voice. They can hear me. So if you are a child of God, you have the ability to hear God. I will not be going into certain things because, again, this is not a prophetic, a prophetic group of um, meeting. But you know that now, if this is what is happening in the New Testament, if you are a prophet that operates in the whole Testament system, you will struggle with that. Because what you are used to is that a group of people are the people that God speaks to. But when we read home, like we read in Ephesians chapter 4, the prophet, the role of the prophet is more pronounced even in the New Testament. But it's just the role has shifted. The role has shifted. So when you read um, um, uh, Matthew chapter 13, it, uh, chapter 13, it says, Jesus said, Blessed are your ears. Blessed are your eyes for they see, and your ears for they can hear. For I assured you that many prophets and the righteous men desire to see you, to, to see what you see. Now, Jesus was talking to me. See, Elijah was wishing that they could see the day. This was the day that 
Moses was talking about when he said, I wish that the day will come where everybody will be able to hear God. And that was what Jesus was saying. He said, see, I know you like Elijah so much. You respect Moses. They are powerful. But they wish that they can see what you see. I wish that they can see what you see. God help us in Jesus' name. That's why when you read again, I'm just showing you how the New Testament says in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. He said, But it is written, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, the verse 10 says, But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So he said that. The things that people cannot see, you have the ability to see it. You have the ability to hear them. So that means that what God is saying is that in this regime, in this part of, of, of the cross, there is a different system at work. Now, Because there is a different system at work. The Bible also talks about there are ways to ensure that what you are hearing is directly God's word. So you have First Thessalonians. Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 20 and 21 he said do not despise prophecy now I want you to point out I want to point out something to us is that if you are having challenges with prophecy or the way prophetic things are done it is not new Paul was saying no if they were okay with the way prophecy was done then Paul would not say don't despise it because people were like see I was reading a couple of books. Mike Bickle, he's a white guy. He said, he got to point out to God, you know what, let's shut down this thing. And what I'm trying to say is that it is not me when God says, do not despise prophecy, but test all things and hold, out, hold on to what is true, good. Let me read for you in that verse. He says, do not scorn, reject the gift of prophecy. Or when duplicate of prophecy or prophecy, spoken revelation, the word of instruction, exhortation, and warning. But test all things carefully. Now, I would I would just bring it in bit by bit. In the old testament, nobody tests the words of prophets. Elijah cannot speak, and you want to you, you want to test. Who are you? <laughs> But the New Testament says, test all. That means that no matter who the person is, that prophecy has to be tested. But when we now operate a system where some people believe, or we are believing that some people, once they speak, it is directly God. The Bible's prescription is that no matter who the person is, test it. He says, so that you can recognize what is good and hold on family to what is good. Now, do you know that he did not say reject everything? The Bible says, when you have prophecy, you need to see through it. And I will explain to you why. The Bible also says to us, in Second Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29, it says, Let two or three prophets speak. Let the others 
or let the others judge. Now, what he's saying is that, please, this is not administration. We're not talking about administration. Administration is left to the prophetic. But he's saying that even prophets, when they are speaking in the New Testament, you follow what they're saying. Does this make sense? Now, one of the things people need to understand is that people say, how do you know a prophet is from God? They say, people say, if what he says, what comes to pass? Accuracy is not a criteria. When that prophet talks, instantly, Accuracy is not a, is not the holy criteria you used to do professor. Ditarolo. He says, if there arise from you a prophet or a dreamer that gives dreams, that gives dreams, gives you a sign and a wonder, and that sign comes to pass. Of which he spoke to you, saying, Let us now go after other gods. When somebody gives a prophecy and that prophecy is 100% accurate, but they don't honor Christ, Jesus, the Bible says, Make sure you don't do it and stone that prophet. But what we do now is, sir. Though, as he's saying it, I can confirm what is going on. And it's leading you to live contrary to the scriptures. Don't worry. Have you not seen me? <laughs> Have you not heard my prophets who will pray for people in the Bible that want to do it? And they'll give up prayer prophecies. For as in cheating, um, swindling people, fraud. And they'll tell you, no, don't worry. God gives you the grace. And you will go and you will be successful. Please, can I first of all say, as I begin to move on, I will talk about this even more next week. There is what the Bible calls an antichrist. There is false prophets and there are bad prophets. A bad prophet can say something and get it wrong. <laughs> He's still growing. That does not make him false. Most of the time what we do is that when somebody says something that doesn't come by that, that prophet doesn't, he's not, he's not really called the prophet because he has said something that hasn't come to pass. You can see what I'm trying to say is this is how the devil uses a lot of things to settle into the body of Christ. Because we are using old systems to judge what a prophet is and what or who is giving prophecy or not. If somebody speaks and it doesn't come to pass, ah, that person is... Let us see what God says about a prophet or someone that gives prophecy and... It doesn't come to pass. Let's go to the Tarot chapter um, 18. Thing. Now, it said, But when a prophet who presumes to speak the word in my name, and in which I have not commanded him to speak, who speaks, sorry, who, or who speaks in the name of other gods, the prophet shall die. Now, he says, if you go to, sorry, just, if you go on to, um, okay, let's read on. So he says, he says, verse he said, a prophet who speaks, sorry, I'm not reading it right. Okay, then, go, go back to the next slide. Sorry, that slide, the next one, 22. So he said, when a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, and if 
the thing he says does not happen or come to pass. He said that which the that thing which the Lord has spoke has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously, and you shall not be afraid of him. He did not say go and kill him. But he said, if a prophet speaks accurately, and what he's telling you to do is contrary to the life of God, wrong. But if you see the one that will tell you, and he doesn't get it right, just say, oh God, develop yourself. God was not making a false prophet. When we have that expectation within the church, you begin to frustrate people who are within the prophetic team because you are not giving them the opportunity to grow. Because what our belief is that once they get it wrong, they are false. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Now, because in the New Testament, see, in the Old Testament, why God was very harsh on them is simple. They could hear directly. There was not, there was no interference in what they were saying. But in the New Testament, that's where you see Paul talk about, I perceive. You can never see Elijah say, I perceive. Because the way prophecy is done, that's why when the Bible, that's why the Bible is saying that judge every one of it. Because in the Old Testament, they don't need to judge it. Because it comes directly. But now in the New Testament, you have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of you. In the Old Testament, they did not have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of them. It was coming on them, not dwelling inside of them. Now let me just show us a slide. I got the slide after the two after that. Yeah. Now, when you see prophetic things, how prophetic things are done, do you know that at no point in this graph do you have hundred percent God? You can be strong and be moving towards this side. But 99.9% everybody is within this realm from here to here. This is why the Bible says make sure you test everything. Because you can have some element of God in it. You can have the element of a human interpretation of it. Now, this is the sad thing that we say somebody is speaking with the flesh. And see, some labels that we throw out there makes it difficult for somebody to come back to you and say, Excuse me, sir, it looks as if I got that thing a little bit wrong. If you understand what the Bible says about New Testament prophecy, you will not be upset that somebody came back to you and said, it looks as if I was a bit wrong. Because your perspective about them is that as they are talking, God is speaking directly to them about Where is the people in trance? I saw that Where is the people in, in trance? Because I've just given an example. I've, I've done this before in church. When somebody is interpreting, most of the time they are interpreting based on what is coming to their mind. They, they are not necessarily hearing directly what the person is saying. I think again. But we think that as they are saying, uh, whatever it is, they are, you are just interpreting when they are saying, no. That's why the Bible says, in that prophesy, let it prophesy according to faith. Because a level of faith is needed when you are operating prophetic things. Where does faith lie? In your heart. So you can be sure that, so 
Because at times, it looks as if when they are speaking, they are just hearing directly. The person, when you bring people that are in trance, about four of them, line them up like this, he asks them, when you are shaking, what's happening to you? They, most of the time, they tell you different things. Some of them, they are dreaming. What they are seeing is like a dream. Some of them, they are hearing a voice. Some of them, it's just as if something is just coming to their mind. And they are saying it. But when we see them, we think, it is direct. That is what they stand it. What is the danger of me expecting that they are speaking directly and they cannot make a mistake? You are putting that person in a position whereby they want to 100% always get it right. And then you tell them that they get it wrong, they would, they would tear you about. Because what they see that you are saying to them that they are false prophets. But the, the, the body of Christ is pressured in such a way that people, it is now the game of the fittest. Because of the way the system is made in such a way that is so pressured. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just had a couple of slides. I won't go through them because I've mentioned a couple of them. A difference between Old Testament prophets and New Testament prophets. Old Testament prophets, they were only talking about the coming of the Messiah. New Testament prophets were talking about the finished work of Christ and the second coming. So their focus was different. God help us in Jesus' name. We'll get into some practicalities as we. Now, this is where, when we go to, there is, I can split it into three. There is the hearing, interpretation, and application of prophecy. I won't go to that. You have the hearing, the interpretation, and application. The Bible talks about Peter. It's Jesus said, who do people say I have? What Peter said, Peter said, yes, you are the son of God. What Jesus said, Jesus said, yes. The spirit of God is speaking through you. Couple of verses later, Jesus said, ah, that part you are talking about, that one is the devil. The same human being operating under prophetic soul. Why? Because you are walking in different seasons. So that means that even that King Peter, he was standing face to face with Jesus. He still got it wrong. <laughs> he said, sir, I appraised you then. This one that you talk. <laughs> this one is... Jesus did not, because of that, throw him out of discipleship. In fact, he led the church afterwards. If that had happened in our, in, in our generation, we would say, ah, that person, he doesn't know anything. What does he know? And this man, when, when you read in Matthew, he says, he says, and Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of the, um, for flesh, Please take note of that. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But, um, and he also said to you, you shall be called Peter, and I shall be my church on that. Let's go on, please. Amen. Go to the next um, 20, I think, yeah, 21. It says, and from that time, Jesus now began to explain the revelation to him. Immediately, Mr. Peter got another one. <laughs> and Peter said, the Bible says that then Peter took him aside and he began to rebook him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But Jesus turned back and said to him, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. Now, see what Jesus said. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. He got prophecy accurately. But when he was going to come out, he had changed him. 
someone will say, let, let me give you an example. God is showing someone that someone is having, will have problems of giving birth in their marriage. So what, when the prophet is going to come out, he's going to talk about, yes, that is it. So permission to get pregnant when you get married. Contrary to scriptures. Contrary to scriptures. See, I'll go into some other ones that you think is okay. You understand what I'm trying to say? Contrary to scriptures. And Jesus immediately called it out. Jesus did not allow his slide. This is where, when it is, that is why the Bible says, when you speak, you speak according to faith. Out of faith comes about, faith comes about hearing the word of God. If you are aware of what the standards and the values of the scriptures, that's why Peter said, um, he said Paul said, even if an angel comes and speaks to you, that's what Paul said, and he tells you something contrary to the scripture, let him be accursed. But now we take it. Because it's happened. Someone called me and someone was saying, and I really appreciate it. He said, um, don't do something. And we both knew it was a right. And the person appreciated that it was a right. But a prophet called and the prophet said, God has given you the grace to go ahead. It's important that we, we are able to understand so that we do not, and I would get to the point where, 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 where you begin to see the impact of these things. See, you can't feel... Okay, let me put it this way. When Peter was, see, you cannot, there is a, this is what, you, there is a limit to what you can do. And I will show you things that, scripturally, that when you say, fear me, or you are following the person spiritually, if you have no knowledge of what the standard of the scripture is, anything will pass through you. Because as far as you are concerned, you are only saying that, you know, oh, is it the Spirit of God speaking? Yes. After that, what is the process? That is why the Bible places process on the part of checking it. That's why you can see people who you can confirm that the Spirit of God is speaking, and yet they will be really people to see. That's why the Bible says prophecy is, is operated based on the level of faith. There was God help us in Jesus' name. So let's just move on quickly as we just look at this. And I know that I might be just um, moving here and there. Now one thing I just also want to point out to us Is that at times people have an expectation of what we regard, and I'm talking about people who have studied scriptures now, regard as prophecy. And I'll tell you at times why you need to be able, your mind, that's why the sermon Antilalu gave last week was very timely. Aligning your heart with the values of the scriptures. Now, I'm just going to show you one thing. Let's go to you. Now, the, the Bible talks about that um, Elijah will come before the day of the Lord, which that person became John the Baptist. It wasn't Elijah, he came in the spirit of Elijah. Just clarify that. Now, just going to point out 
something quickly to us. Is this. Okay, let me just say this. If you go to um, if you go to Malachi chapter 4, now it says that, now this is, I will say this, this is the primary role, the overarching, overarching thing of any kind of prophetic ministry. The main job is to turn people's hearts to God. He said, when behold, he shall send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the Lord. Of the, of, the, of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. It shall turn the hearts of fathers to children and children to fathers. What does this mean? It will be turning the hearts of the children of Israel back to their God, who is their father. And when you see when um, um, John the Baptist came in, in the next in Matthew, he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So what I'm trying to say is that when they were talking about that their hearts would be turned again to God. It was basically that it will be turning the heart of men to God. Let's read the scripture, please. Next time. Um, now, this is just saying to us. The Bible says that when, but if we all prophesy and an unbeliever or uninformed person comes in, he is convicted and so he's convicted, he's convicted by all, and does the secret of the how his heart is revealed to the face. So basically, when one of the goal of prophecy is to make sure that that person knows God. So if prophetic ministry has is not connecting somebody to the path of God, then God help us in Jesus' name. Now let me just point out a couple of things to us. There are things where we go to um, sorry, just in the next Okay, uh, the Bible says here, um, sorry, I don't, um, 1 Corinthians 14, this is good. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 14, you passed it. Yeah. Um, sorry. God, I wasn't Jesus. Okay, let me just um, get back to what I'm trying to say if you, if you can't um, find it. Is that, oh, sorry, what people call about prophecy is this, and we, we, it is right, we see it in the scriptures. People say prophecy is, what does it say? He said it comforts, he exalts, he edifies. So people say if a prophecy, like the Bible said, scripture, if a prophecy does not edify, does not comfort, does not exalt, that prophecy is wrong. If that is your understanding of the scripture, I'm not quoting scripture for you. Now, I want to show you a prophecy. I'm sorry, we, tell, we spoke that Elijah was a prophet. Sorry, uh, John the Baptist was a prophet. Jesus confirmed he was a prophet. Now, if you go to um, um, next slide, I think. Look. Yeah. Now, John the Baptist, the Bible says, John the Baptist said to the multitude that came out to be baptized, you brood um, of, uh, of, viper, uh, of vipers, vipers, basically, every one of you, you are all vipers. Who warned you to come to me? Please, which part of prophecy is this comforting, <laughs> exalting, or edifying? Do you think that is edifying? Let's talk. <laughs> because why I'm pointing at this, because this is a couple of things that people point out, people say, you know, ah, the prophecy should be exalting. You cannot do that, this like that. Now, let's go to the next slide, please. 
If you go to verse 18, see what the Bible qualifies the word you group of vipers. The Bible says, and with many exhortations, he preached to the people. The Bible is calling that exhortation because it's chasing you away from ungodliness. But when people hear such prophecy, now they will say, ah, no, that prophecy is not... If you go to Isaiah, Isaiah was talking, prophesying about what John the Baptist was saying. And Isaiah starts, comfort my people. Comfort, comfort my people, says the Lord. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry. Our warfare is come to an end and our iniquities are at the power. Comfort him. He now says that, he says, verse 3, he says, a voice is crying in the wilderness. Whose voice is that? John the Baptist. But when John the Baptist came, what was he saying? <laughs> you vipers. The Bible calls it comforting message. <laughs> so people say, no, that, that message cannot be right. The Bible says that it's because you have not used scripture to analyze scripture. God help us in Jesus' name. Now, I will give you just two scenarios as we go. I know that there might be questions, and please, we encourage you to just share your thoughts with us, drop questions, and things like that. What we are talking about is how do you... God is saying prophecy is good. But there are measures to be put in place for it to be beneficial. There was a pastor who was speaking about something when you're talking about prophecy like this. And there was a church member and a wife. They had believed God that they wanted to go into ministry. God was going to send them into a part of the world. And they had felt so strongly and there was a particular pastor that they wanted to serve under. The pastor had no problems with it. So it wasn't that we, the, the, there's a pastor that we wanted to serve under. That pastor was in, was in another part of the country. So they invite, so a prophet came, a prophet came to the church and he was preaching. And at a point where he was preaching, he called this, uh, this couple out and he said, God has called you into this ministry. That particular type of ministry. And God is saying that he has released that particular pastor to mentor you. And of course, because he was 100% accurate, they literally started crying. Because they couldn't believe that what their heart has been desiring, God approved it. So, they relocated. The husband was relocated. He went to that organization and he said, God has laid in my heart that we should serve. And the, the church said, or the pastor said, no problem. But he didn't get back to them. So the man was there for a long period. And the wife came there to meet him. And things like that. Cut long story short. They ran out of money. They didn't get the ministry. 
the handed of the lost. What went wrong in that prophecy? So I, I said that, so you know, there's a professor that says, ah, this one is bad. This one is not going to be God's work. See, I will explain something to you. Jesus operated it. Now you see some other people in the Bible who operated it. When you can, when you have a prophetic gift, there is a very high chance for you to be able to discern people. I'm not saying you are hearing God. I'm saying you can sense that this person has a problem. Or you can be able to inquire about the challenge. But there's a difference in inquiring about someone's challenge and finding a solution for God. So I can, I can, God can see that somebody is here, or I can feel that or somebody is here that has a particular sickness. And I begin to react based on that, rather than saying, God, this is the problem. What are you seeing concerning it? So what that pastor was doing, or prophet was doing, was he came into that environment church and he could read their minds. It is not wrong. Jesus said to Nathan, he said, before you came here, I had seen you already. But you, there is a difference in knowing a problem and having a solution to that problem. So he rolled out his solution to it and they followed it. Now, the pastor said he knew that was going to be a problem. Why? Because he has been counseling the couple and he understood that they had serious marital issues going on. And you know, that move was going to destroy that family. And he did. This is one of the things that I am pointing out. They had a leadership in that place that would say, I don't think this is the right move for you. Settle down first. That's why I said, prophecy is... <laughs> if they had done that, they would have been scared of that damage. But because they took that prophecy and said, ah, no, we had it, we know what we are talking about. I know what I... I, I there was a time when I... There was something I wanted to do. And a prophecy came. No, I made an inquiry and a prophecy came. And even the person that people, there was confirmation about it. And I spoke to Daddy about it. And he said, you're not doing it. That's the first time I've ever heard him say, not now. Three years later, I saw what that decision would have costed, would have cost me if I'd gone ahead. He never said, don't get me wrong, he never said to me, what you had is not from God, or what people said is not from God. But what he's saying is that when that is why when prophecy is given, there is God still expects you to submit that word of prophecy for guidance. Because there are people who would know what that pastor was close to them. He knows the family. But they went off. And the family got destroyed. What am I trying to say is that prophecy is good. But God expects you to make sure you keep yourself within the system he has provided for you. I'll give you another example as I read two or three scriptures on Google. Somebody, somebody was given a prophecy and a person said, God said, I'm going to call you into ministry. You're going to be great and mighty in the and God said, 
I'm going to provide a business for you. You are going to be rich so that you can not, so that you will not fall into covetousness like other, church, other, other people ahead of you have done. What do you think about that prophecy? Hallelujah. That prophecy is good, isn't it? There's nothing there that doesn't say you should not have God. Now, this is what I will talk more about it later. The unintended consequences of such prophecies. The Bible, God does not use money to stop covetousness. If you are using money to fight covetousness, what will happen is that you would raise a Christian that is so material conscious. And God will not be able to send that person to Afghanistan or wherever it is. He can only send it to the city of London, Paris. Because the prophecy has channeled them in that way. That's why I said, see, there are some things that to you, you can't see, ah, this is God. I can hear God. God help us in Jesus' name. So let us handle this way. I'm past my time. Hallelujah. Exodus. Sorry, I'm um, Ezekiel chapter 13. So we from verse 10 to um, okay, yeah, let's just read this. He says, because indeed they say sorry, they, because indeed because indeed, because they have seduced my people, saying peace where there is no peace. And one builds one builds a wall and they plaster it with untempered mortar. What does the Bible call untempered mortars? Untempered mortars is that you just put plaster over something. After a long period of time, that house begins to fall. That's why God said, He says, say, um, say to those who plaster with untempered mortars that, that it will fall and they will be flooded, and there will be flooding, um, there will be flooding rain. And you, and, and, and you hold great hailstones shall fall. What is this saying is that when they gave those people's prophecy, they felt excited. God has spoken. Because they did not go through the process. The house was standing. Give it a couple of years, it begins to fall. Why? Because that prophecy. The intention was what the <laughs> it was not tested in that way. And those who are receiving it have no clue what they were One thing you will see in all that I've said about the examples that I've given, if you have developed yourself, if those people force it, if they were humble enough to listen to the guidance of their pastor, they would not have followed that. Where did they feel? It was not a prophecy, it was the fruit that was it. The other one was the eagerness for greed. That is why those prophecies too are sticked. So what I'm trying to say is that once if you keep developing yourself, that's why Jesus said the fruit is what matters. You you will really fall into such. May God help us in Jesus. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 talks about conventiousness. Hallelujah. Conventiousness. Conventiousness. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Now, I'm going to end on this and pray and see. When, what is conventiousness or conventiousness? <laughs> when you desire something for your own interest, you are not concerned about anybody, it's about how you feel. And the Bible says that conventiousness is idolatry, idol worship. I'm going with some of this as we close it. Now, if you go to the next slide, please. He says, Ezekiel says, the word of God came to me saying, Son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts. He said, and they put them before um, they put them before them that which caused them to stumble into iniquity. The Bible says that covetousness is equivalent to idolatry. I have been in this church for 10 years. I should be speaking in tongues by now. That gift is given. But that gift is polluted. There is high dog sitting in their hearts. They are speaking in dogs, but there is high dog speaking in that because the converting it. When you read when Paul talked about converting the gift of the spirit, he said, he said, do it in such a way that it will help the whole body. But when you are converting a gift based on you know ah. They cannot be, I should be the one speaking and they should be, they should be listening. And, you, and that gift is given. That gift is promoted. I don't know how many of us have been to such prayer meetings. You should have been, you should be speaking, you should be by now. Because see the way people are looking at you. They, oh, they are praying since they pray. Five they pray. Have you not had it? <laughs> and we are wondering how the devil is having no open doors. Because what you are doing, you are you are guiding by the spirit. <laughs> Rather than following the scriptures. That's why lies of people have been destroyed. Because gifts are polluted. Because it is all about them. The last slide, and I'll come down. I just want to let you do this next week. We're talking about this uh, prophetic stuff. Gift, uh, sorry, the office of the prophet, the gift of prophecy, and the spirit of prophecy. Every one of us fall in false in this group. But can I just say to you, there is nobody, scripturally, you cannot promote yourself in this office. The office of the prophet. Is that your prophet or not? No matter how you can be powerful at the gifts. That does not make you a prophet. That's why the Bible says that God called some prophets. He didn't say they voted or he felt you are good. <laughs> a prophet is called. And they're different. There's nothing that increased prophets above every other person. But I'm just saying, as we begin so that you can find your own place and not end up converting things that are not yours and end up with a gift that is polluted. You may be given prophecy that is accurate, but the devil is also using it to enter life and placing plaster on it that after many years, that house begins to fall. Idolatry may be what has brought us to the point where somebody will be giving prophecy to a married man that you know what, you have this problem at home. The way forward is that you get a girlfriend outside. It's prophecy. And when you are following it in the vertical coma spiritually, you will see it's accurate. Because they are prophesying according to faith. If your faith is about that, you know, you have to have this plus that, when you see prophecy, it will come to you in that way because you are prophesying according to faith. 
Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.